Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Selective Hearing. This week, I have another special guest, Kim Langling, with me, and we are going to be discussing hope with everyone today. To be more specific, we are going to be talking about little nuggets of hope, which is a phrase that has been coined by Kim. And we are going to inspire and motivate you on this Monday so that you can have a very, very productive and prosperous week. So before I get started, as always, I will let Kim have the floor and tell us about herself. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on your show. I've been looking forward to this and I love talking about my little nuggets of hope and how we can all toss them out there to make the world just a little bit better place. Um, as you said, my name is Kim Langling. I'm an author. I also coordinate anthologies. And the last one was called When Hope Found Me. That's out there available right now on Amazon, keeping with my theme of hope. I also have my own podcast called Let Fear Bounce. And just recently they are now on a radio station, online streaming radio station uh, called About Face Radio. It's uh, all veteran DJs. I'm a veteran myself. So that was kind of exciting to be approached for that and you know to help the veteran community provide them hope. It's all in awareness of uh, veteran and EMT and first responder suicide. So that's to spread hope. So, you know, folks realize that they don't have to sit in the darkness and the world is a better place because they're in it. But that's just in a, in a brief nutshell, that's who I am and what I do. That's amazing. I didn't even know that there are things out there like that for our servicemen and women. So that's really, really dope. And thank you. Thank you so much for your service. Which um, branch? I was in uh, the Air Force. I was in, in the Air Force. Really? Did, yeah. So you know how to fly a plane? No, no. no oh, okay. Most most people in the Air Force, in the Air Force do not fly. Um, I was in military intelligence. I actually did uh, Morse code. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's really dope. That's super amazing. So I don't live far from an actual um, air airport, like where they host like the air shows every single year. So like I get to actually like see them like flying around when I like go outside my house. When they do that once a year, it's kind of dope. Yeah, that is awesome. Those air shows are awesome. Those pilots are amazing. Mm -hmm. But I'm scared to fly. Isn't that something? <laughs> I <laughs> I like to watch, and my uh, and I'll actually drive past the airport so my kids can see planes drive, uh, fly, and take off and land and stuff like that because they love airplanes. But I'm actually terrified to get on planes. Like I gotta have a lot of wine before I fly. So let's see. You have you're gonna have to come on my show called Let Fear Bounce, so I can get over that. That we can we can throw some tips out there so you can get over that. <laughs> I'm gonna fly because I, I I'm gonna do it, but it's like yeah, I'm gonna probably have like two really good cabernets before I get on the plane and go to sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I love this phrase that you coined, um, "little nuggets of hope," and I want to focus today on just spreading hope and sharing good news with people. So, can you tell us what that means? Little nuggets of hope. Um, a couple years ago, I this word hope was everywhere. It was showing up everywhere, and you know anything I read or listened to or heard or saw on billboards, books, wherever this this word hope was showing up everywhere. I felt very strongly that that was a nudge to me from up above, saying, "Hey Kim, it's time to do something with this." And I was confused. I was like, "What am I supposed to do with hope? What you know? What am I supposed?" And at that time, I was I was in a bit of a dark place myself. 
and I didn't feel like giving hope to anybody. You know, when you're in a dark spot, you just, you know, <laughs> you don't see positivity and light and joy and all of that when you're in your own dark place. And I was kind of in a dark spot at that time, but the word hope was showing up everywhere. Very strongly felt in my heart, you're supposed to start tossing this out there. And those are my own words, you know, start tossing those out there. And so I just started saying, all right, I'm going to start tossing out nuggets of hope. I'm going to start tossing out nuggets of hope. I was wondering how can I do this without looking like a crazy person out in the world? I found these, you know, these affirmation cards, you can get them anywhere and they say, you're awesome. You're a rock star. You know, those kind of little, they're like business card size. Mm -hmm. So I got a couple packets of those and kept them in my purse. So whenever I would go grocery shopping or run errands, I would literally take them out and just tuck them in all throughout the store, wherever I was at. I'd put them in with the motor oil. I would put them in with the socks and underwear. I would put them in with the milk, you know? I just kind of tucked them in wherever and I thought, okay, someone, the person who is meant to find that will find it. And they're gonna get that little nugget of hope for the day and it just might turn their day around. And if not that day, when they look at it the next day, maybe it'll turn that day around. But then I kept, it kept coming to me. You've got to spread hope. And I'm going, I am, I'm arguing, you know, I'm like, I am doing this. And then it came to me. No, you have to do this face to face with people. There has to be a personal connection in this. And I went, oh my goodness, I'm not the one to do this. I, I'm not the one to do this. Now I'm a Christian. So who I'm arguing with is God. And if anybody else out there is a Christian listening, you never win arguments with God. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> so I kept saying, you know, I'm not the one. I don't think. And then it's like, yes, you are. I want you to do this. So I'm like, all right, I don't know how else to do it. So I'm, you know, thinking and thinking. And then I kept thinking nuggets of hope, nuggets, nuggets. So I got online again and I found these little stones. They're beautiful little stones that have the word hope engraved in them. Just small, fits right in the palm of your hand. So I'm like, I'm gonna carry these around. So I do, and I still do today. When I see someone that I feel very strongly urged to approach, it's not any, I don't just walk around, you know, scoping out people like a creeper. <laughs> but if I'm out and out doing my errands, you know, and someone catches my eye and I, and I will literally get like this, it's a visceral feeling in my stomach. like you need to approach that person. So I do, I very gently approach people and say, excuse me, I, I would love to give you something today. And it's just a little nugget of hope. And I hold out my hand without fail. They hold out theirs. And I place my little stone with the word hope on it in the palm of their hand and just say, I wish you a blessed day. And I turn and walk away because I don't feel I'm supposed to talk to them or find out what their story is. It's just, they need that today, so I'm going to give it to them. The responses that I've gotten have been amazing and very, very humbling and have brought me to tears on more than one occasion. I'll get smiles. I'll get surprise. I'll get, you know, a couple looks like, who are you, crazy woman? And that's fine too. <laughs> I've also gotten anger. There was one older, elderly. He had to have been in his mid to late 80s. He was very angry. He was very angry in in the store, in the aisle that we were standing in. I gave him the nugget of hope and he accepted it, then yelled, what do I need hope for? What's there to hope for? And I said, sir, I'm just giving you this little nugget, you know, for whenever it is you need it, pull it out. And there's a little, just a, just a little nugget of hope, sir, for whatever it is that you need. And he was angry and mumbling and he was not a happy guy. 
And I could have taken that personally because I was yelled at. <laughs> I could have taken it personally, but I didn't because my immediate thought was, I have no idea what this gentleman's going through in his life. This might be the first time that he's out of the house, out doing errands, getting groceries after a long illness. Maybe he is reaching the end of his life. Maybe he has a terminal illness. Maybe he is caring for a terminal loved one. Maybe his wife has dementia or Alzheimer's and he is barely able physically because he's so emotionally and physically tired to get out. And he just wants to get his errands done and get home. We have no idea what someone's going through and it's not my job to find out. I strongly feel I am just to give that little nugget, just that little piece of hope. And maybe he didn't look at it that day. Maybe he went home and emptied his pockets out on that hallway table and threw all his change and everything and keys in this little bowl that he keeps there. And that little nugget of hope's in there. Maybe when he came downstairs the next morning to start his day, get his coffee and his bagel, whatever it is he does, maybe, maybe he noticed that little nugget of hope sitting there and picked it up and maybe that's when it hit him. Maybe that's when he thought, oh, hope, yeah, okay. I'm still here. It's a brand new day and I'm still here. So there is still hope. After I spoke with him and was done with my errands and got in my car, I just broke down crying. I was just sitting in my car crying and I get teary kind of thinking about it because we don't know what someone's going through. And I felt so strong with emotions for this gentleman, such empathy and compassion for him. And only he knows what he was going through, but I felt so strongly that it was something really hard. And it was, you know, these errands he was running, it was just something he had to get through and get done with because he's so darn tired. You know, we've all, we've all been there. And if you haven't folks, hate to tell you, but you will, you will be there one day. And we all need that little nugget. We all need that little spark of hope. I'm just one person. I can't change the world. But with little nuggets of hope, I can maybe change one person's world, even if it's just for a minute, you know, just for a hot minute that they feel a little bit better and they feel a little hope, hope in their soul, then that's worth it. That's worth my discomfort of approaching a stranger. And that's really what it's all about. It's just putting those things out there that can make a difference. You never know, like that person may feel inspired the next day or like said like a week later or a month later and they may be motivated by that inspiration to be that in someone else's life. And that's how we really get to a better place is by all of us planting those seeds, you know? One day, you know, we'll see, we'll get to see the, the results of it, or maybe we'll, we'll be gone, but our kids and our friends and our family members, they'll be the ones to, you know, harvest and reap the benefits of that. So it's, it's really important to just do that. And I know like, it's easy for us to get caught up in like, I'm having a bad day too, or I'm tired too, or whatever we have going on. But like to just adapt that mindset and be like, well, if I'm going through this, I can only imagine what the next person is going through. That's one reason why I kind of um, gun ho and sticking to like being grateful for things. Like even though it's a bad day, like I'm grateful for it. Or even if it's a hard day, I don't really like to say bad anymore, but just like, oh, today's rough. You know, kids woke up and they're, whatever emotion they're going through today and it's gonna be a little rough, we'll get through it. Like the dog's barking, this happened, that happened. You know, I got a flat tire, whatever the case may be. Yeah, it's rough, but it's, I'm here. I get to do whatever I want with this day to affect change. So today is like a crazy day. Somehow I've stacked up four of you on each other because I didn't know how to use my calendar service properly. <laughs> so like when I was going through for free pro this week and I was like, it was like, boom, boom, boom. I was like, oh my God, I have four interviews in one day. How am I going to pull this off? And then you come on and you're smiling. And I just like, I call, I, I name each episode 
before you guys even know. But I named your episode Little Nuggets of Hope because I loved it so much. So I'm like, oh, I'm so glad. Like, I wonder what Little Nuggets of Hope we're going to have today because I got a day ahead. And it's like, then you come on all smiling. Just you like coming in smiling and, and just like upbeat and positive. That just changed the level of like, I was like kind of operating in some fear today. Like, oh gosh, how am I going to stay engaged and not get tired and just be, be in the moment with everybody and not feel like I'm being rushed and have that like little anxiousness about myself. And yeah, like you're already like little nuggets of hope. So everybody that's listening, look, Kim is smiling big. When I post on YouTube, if you're, if you're only the type of person that just listens, go to YouTube and watch her video. Like she will change your day. Cause like, I'm already ready. I'm like, come on, what's next? Like, <laughs> I got this. Well, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that you, you said, and you were very honest saying, you know, I, I overbooked, I stacked too many people more than I typically do. I've done the same thing and you do, you get that little anxious not in your stomach and you you know for me i get kind of like sweaty and thinking oh how much you know i'm gonna have to feel like i'm rushing through these people and i will i really want to be able to focus on them but without fail without fail when i get on with the folks my whole attitude changes because they've all got something to share maybe i've been there or maybe i'm sharing something with them and they're like oh never looked at it that way we turn each other's days around so i mean how awesome because i'm i'm the same i have really poopy days sometimes <laughs> and sometimes all it takes is just having you know a little human human interaction and someone just you know saying hey yeah i've been there too I'm right there beside you. You're not the only one, you know? And I I remember the days when my daughter was little, tantrums or sick, you know, earaches and all that. And you're so overly tired because you're not getting sleep and you're hungry and you don't have time to make anything to eat because your baby's crying or you got to change a diaper and the dog won't stop barking and you're getting a headache. I've been there and I know exactly what you're talking about. And so many out there listening probably do too. And so, you know, we're just, we're all human and we're all doing the best we can. And I love, I love how you say you try and find something grateful each day. I, I live with PTSD due to something I experienced in the military. So I have my, my ebbs and flows. And sometimes it's day to day. And sometimes I'll have not slept because I'm having nightmares. And I wake up and I'm tired. I got big old bags under my eyes. I'm like, oh, I got to take the dog for a walk. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I have an interview on, you know, for my podcast today. But something always gets me thankful and grateful. I'll step outside and the sun's rising. I'm up early. <laughs> the sun might be rising. The sun rays are, you know, hitting dewdrops on a branch or a leaf or a weed, whatever it is. And it sparkles and it catches my eye. And then you just sit there and think, that is amazingly beautiful. Look at that. Look how pretty that is. And it stops you for a second. I know that that's like, to me, my personal belief, that's divinely done because my brain is in a swirl and I need to stop and slow down. And sometimes I can't slow myself down. So, you know, divinely, divine intervention. Why don't, you, why don't you look over here? Turn to the right, take a look at that. Take a deep breath in with the good and out with the bad. And I always say, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out to me because I needed that right now. Or I see a deer out in the field. I live in the country and I'll see a deer out in the field just slowly walking. They're so beautiful and they're so peaceful. And you can't help but feel that when you're, when you're looking at it, when you're viewing it. And to me, I always take a deep breath. All right, Kim, in with the good, out with the bad. And that does settle me. It does put me a little more on an even keel. Now, does that guarantee your day's gonna be awesome all day long? No, but you had that moment that you can refer back to if you need to, you know? And so I'm, I'm grateful for 
the little things because those little things are what get you through the day sometimes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I um, <laughs> <laughs> me and my best friend. Okay, so I talk to my best friend about nine thousand times a day. She, I get on her nerves. Okay. <laughs> We've been friends for <laughs> 27 years. So like, I'm always like, I'm in a second marriage with her. Like she is my best friend. So I call her like some mornings, like I'll call her and I'd be like, I, I know she's at her office and all that. And I'm at home and she's like, she'll be like, hello, why are you calling? You know, I'm at the office. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm like, girl, because today is the day that the Lord has made. And she'd be like, oh. She'd be like, so let us be glad. And I mean, and like, she'll finish it <laughs> let us be glad and rejoice she, in it. Yeah, like, that's how she, that's exactly how she is with me every single time. And then she'd be like, oh, I can't stand you. I love you. I'll call you on my lunch. Bye. We do that so many times a week to each other, but it's because I'd be like, or she'll hit me with it. If she's like real upbeat, she'll hit me with it. Be like, she'll finish. And then she'd be like, yeah, because somebody didn't wake up this morning. And then she'd be like, okay, call you on my lunch. Love you. Bye. And we'll hang up. We do that, like, especially up in the weeks, because I know if I, like, call her and, like, give her that, she's going to give it back to me. So regardless of what kind of day we're having, it'll get better later. And then she'll call me on her lunch, and she'll be like, oh, I can't stand you. Why can't I get rid of you? I'm like, you know you can't get rid of me. I've been around <laughs> forever. I'm not going nowhere. I always joke, like, I'm like, well, I'm going to get a duplex. Sorry, my nose is running. <laughs> I'm going to get a duplex and like buy a duplex one day and make her live next door to me when we get elderly. <laughs> well, you know, and sometimes, sometimes the only thing, I mean, the, that main thing is just to say you wake up you're like, wow, thank you for, thank you for letting me wake up today. Yeah. Thank Amen. you for a new day because I can do all kinds of stuff today. And so much of it's mindset. It's how you're looking at it. Are you going to say this day is going to suck? Are you going to say this day might be a little bumpy, but I'm going to plow through and I'm going to make the best of it that I possibly can. And at the end of the day, I'm going to look in the mirror and say, you rocked this day. It might not have been perfect, but you did the best that you could. You rocked this day. Well done. Yeah. And those are good days too. Like when you, at the end of the day, when you sit back and you like, I had a rough start putting my feet on the ground, but once I hit the ground, I started running. Those days are really, really rewarding. Like reflecting on those kind of days. It's like, yeah, all right. I killed that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did. (laughs) I know that we, we just kind of went over like what motivated you to like start giving those little nuggets of hope to people. Do you have like any stories? Like, I know you say like, you don't feel like you have to ask their story or, you know, anything like that. You just give that little nugget of hope and you move on. But have you ever had anyone reach back to you in in those moments where you tried to walk away and share their story with you or thank you or just any of that? Like, could you share some of those stories with us today? Yeah, there's a couple that really stand out. Um, Well, I'd shared about the gentleman yelling at me. Yeah. but there was one gentleman, he had a Vietnam vet baseball hat on. And anytime I see somebody with a veteran hat on, I go and thank him anyway, regardless. That's just who I am. And I saw this gentleman in the store. And every time I turned around, there he was in different aisles and different places of the store. There he was. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm, I'm supposed to approach him with a nugget of hope, but he doesn't look very approachable. And I'm like, all right, uh, I don't know what kind of vibe I'm getting right now, but I think I'm supposed to throughout the store. But each time I kept talking myself out of it, I literally was seeing him every time I turned an aisle, he was 
there. I was in a different section. He was there. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm supposed to approach him. But I didn't. I talked myself out of it. Paid for my stuff and I'm walking out of the store. I'm walking to my car and two cars before mine is that gentleman loading his stuff into his car. And I went, ugh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? So I walked up and I made sure he knew that I was coming. I didn't want to startle him. I, you know, came up to him. I said, excuse me, sir. And he just turned and just kind of, you know, gave me this quizzical look. Like, who are you? And I said, I, I would love to give you just a, a little nugget of hope today. And he just stood there staring at me. And so I, I held it up and said, I just, I would love to give you one of these, just a little nugget of hope. And he did, he put his hand out and then he just shut, he didn't look at it. He just put his hand out, took it, shoved it in his pocket, said, thanks. And turned his back to me and started putting his groceries back in the back of his car. And I went, have a blessed day <laughs> and started walking to my car. But something made me turn around and I stopped and turned and he had stopped putting his groceries in his car and he had pulled the nugget out of his pocket. And he was sitting there with his hand open wide, just looking down at at it just staring and I just kind of went you know looked up and went okay all right thank you and I got in my car and that one made me cry <laughs> that one made me cry because it made him think twice and I don't know what he was thinking about I don't know what that was doing for him in that moment but it was doing something I know it was something positive those little moments really stick out there was an older lady she was she was elderly um just a tiny little whippet of a thing and she was struggling putting her groceries in her car, getting the bags from the cart into the back of her car. So my first instinct is I'm going to help her regardless. But then I also thought in the back of my head, I really am supposed to give her a nugget of hope. So I go up, I said, you know, excuse me, ma'am, would you like some help? I'm, I'm more than happy to help you. Oh, no, no, sweetie, you don't need to do that. I'm like, no, please let me help you. It'll take me a second. So I get her stuff in the car and she's like, oh, thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. And I said, you know, I... I would love to give you something. And she just looked at me and I held out my hand and she held out hers. I said, I want to give you just a little nugget of hope today. And she looked down at it and she looked up at me and her eyes got all teary eyed. And she went, you must be an angel. And I went, I am far, far from being an angel. <laughs> and she says, you have no idea, sweetie. You are my angel today. And she leaned in and gave me a big hug and kept saying, you know, bless you, sweetie, bless you, sweetie. And I said, no, ma'am, you have blessed me. You have blessed me. And I got in my car and that was another time when I sat in my car <laughs> and started crying. You know, I thought, I have no idea why she looked at me as her angel, but I do know that God puts people in your path for a reason. And he obviously put me in front of her that day for a reason. You know, maybe she just lost a loved one. Who knows? Um, those two stand out to me. They were gentle interactions, but filled with power. That made me think of a story when I went to the supermarket a few weeks ago with my kids. The worst thing that I can do is go to the supermarket right after school. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on the kids, that's definitely on me. I need to like, that in the morning, oh, so I dropped my four-year-old off at school and then it's me and my two-year-old tackling the day. So if I need to grocery shop, I'll grocery shop with my two-year-old because it's easy to throw him in the cart, give him a toy or something and just go through the store. That day I was like, oh, I'm gonna go home, get some work done and I'll go after I pick up Elijah. Probably not the best idea because then Elijah gets to the store and he's four, he wants stuff. <laughs> and he makes the grocery list and it's just, you know, it's the end of the day, you gotta get home, you gotta make dinner, you gotta 
help him with whatever this teacher said do when he gets home. I always say like those hours between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. It's like power hour. It's crunch time. <laughs> you, your back is up against the wall and you are just swinging around trying to get out of the trenches because it's just <laughs> it's a lot going on at that time. But like I wouldn't change it for the world. But it's just you know that's you got to do your stretches, drink your water, get your game face on, and go in. So we go to Kroger, right. and I get ready to turn into a parking spot. And there's a guy, and I notice he has both back doors open, and he has a chair, um, a wheelchair out. And so I just wait to turn into the spot. Like there's enough where I can get in the spot, and I can obviously wait in my car until he goes about his day and get out. But I was like, I'm going to give him a little extra room. I'm no in no hurry for Elijah to tell me his shopping list. So I just, I stay parked. And the guy, he was like looking up at me and he's doing this. Like, it's okay. It's okay. And so I tell him, I rolled out my window. I was like, no, take your time. I was like, we're not in a rush. It's fine. And I can tell he's like flustered and he's like, okay. Finally, after he gets the chair situated, he goes and he opens up the the next door. And I was like, I was like, oh my goodness, like is he okay? You know, like all the doors are open, something's going on. And then he pulls, I'm gonna assume it was his elderly mother out of the car, puts her in the chair. Then he's like frantically closing all the doors and trying to usher me into the parking spot again. And I'm like, no, no, go inside, take your time. We're fine. This parking spot's not going anywhere. So I pull in the spot. And I get the boys out, get them in the cart, and he's still walking up to the store. I'm walking up behind him, and he turns around, takes like the deepest breath, and he's like, thank you. Elijah and Zion, those are my kids' names. They're like, you're welcome, have a good day, you know, in their little bouncy voices. And when we got into the store, cause he stopped, but now I'm like, I don't wanna bother him anymore. He just stops pushing. And then I can tell like his mother was either in dementia or Alzheimer's or something. She became very very combative. And then he was trying to calm her and there was like a whole situation. So we continued into the store. We ended up in produce together. And Elijah and Zion again were like, hi, hi. And his mother was extremely combative by this time in the produce section. And Zion goes, have a good day. And she just got calm. And he told us, all three of us, thank you. And he told us that I had some fine gentlemen. And I was like, thank you. Whatever we were doing, <laughs> it helped him. Right. And it helped her, you know, like, so, and that's another thing too, like just leading by example with your kids. Had I been like, ah, I don't want to be at the store and ah, I'm getting in this parking spot and you guys get out the car and all of that, that would have set not only the tone for what was getting ready to take place with the two of them in the store, but for the three of us. So like even my kids seeing me handle certain situations or be a certain way, it's teaching them to be that way to other people as well. I I really like, um, now I'm not perfect, <laughs> but I really like to, to, to make sure that I'm setting those examples. Some days, you know, no, but I, I try to make a conscious effort to make sure I put that out there. But your story just made me think about that. Like, And that's beautiful because that's a nugget of hope right there. Mm -hmm. An unintentional nugget of hope mm -hmm. that you gave that gentleman and his his mother had that moment maybe of clarity and peace for just a moment. You know, because I, I, I can't imagine having dementia or Alzheimer's. It's got to be one of the most frightening things because you have moments of clarity and at times, and I, I've, I used to work in the senior healthcare and I helped set up services for those who had loved ones with dementia and Alzheimer's. And I was always working with the adult children. So, you know, my age and up setting, they're setting up 
care for their parents, in-home care for their parents. I would kind of, you know, I, I know I spent way more hours than I was supposed to or got paid for visiting with these folks. And there were times when, you know, some of them would have a, a moment of clarity and they would be very honest with me. They might not share it with their own adult children, but they would be very honest with me because I was outside their bubble and say, you know, I, I, I am so appreciative that, you know, I know who I am today, but that fear and knowing that it's going to go away at any second, it's so hard to handle sometimes. And that, that has always, always stuck with me. This one older lady was sharing that with me, how frightening it was. I think it would be so hard. I can't even imagine. So I'm not even going to try and make up words to make it sound like, you know, make sense. I can't imagine because I'm not in their shoes, but I have tremendous compassion and empathy for those people. And if just on a daily basis, humans, <laughs> just humans took a minute of their day to make, try and make somebody else's day a little brighter. Forget the divisiveness, forget being offended. Who cares if you're offended? <laughs> Everybody's offended by too much. No one's focusing on good. Why is everyone fo focusing on the negative and how you feel like this hurt me? You know, just smile at someone, wish someone a good day. Sincerely, wish them a good day. Do something for your neighbor. Help someone put their groceries in their car. Wait as a gentleman gets his elderly mother into a wheelchair so he doesn't feel stretched and rushed and pushed. Simple things like that. And if everybody did stuff like, stuff like that daily, can you imagine? Can you imagine how different the world would be? I wouldn't be so afraid of it at times <laughs> if more people were like that just because and you nailed it right there <laughs> you nailed it by you know and that's that's a vulnerable statement to make mm -hmm. i wouldn't be so afraid sometimes we should not we're not put on this planet to walk in fear we're not and, and i've been there too and i still i still have those moments you know where i'm overly situationally aware it's like and you just think or feel like something negative is going to come at me and I'm going to be ready for it. You know, so you've got yourself all tensed up. That's no way to live either. It's, it's so their energy. It's an, it's an energy vampire. <laughs> Someone yeah. told me that before. It's like, it's an energy vampire. It sucks all the goodness right out of you. So, and I'm, I'm human. I am by means, no, per not perfect at all. Oh my gosh. I'm a work in progress. Just like every other person on this planet is. But like you said, you're, you're doing your best for your own self and to set a good example for your kids. You never know who else is watching, how it might impact. So maybe you're having a one-on-one -on -one with somebody, but you don't know who else is watching, who else might be overhearing that conversation or witnessing it. And then it want, they walk away with a whole different mindset or they just say, gosh, that was beautiful. So we're, you can be inadvertently tossing out these beautiful nuggets of hope and you don't even know it. People are always watching. And I don't mean that like in a, you know, a weird yeah. big brother's watching in the grocery store. You know, people notice things. I'm, I'm a people watcher. I notice all kinds of stuff, no matter where I'm at. I notice little details that most don't. I have witnessed myself, others doing something kind or nice or just a mother daughter interaction or a young child helping his, his little brother, little sister up from the floor that just tripped and fell and started crying. And they come up, toddle over and help their little brother or sister. Just those little things, those little moments. We have to start looking at them as the beautiful little nuggets that they are. Because nice. you, can, you can change, you can change your day. You can change your day that way. Just take notice 
of the good things in the world because there are an awful lot of them. There are an awful, even in your own little slice of the world. That's what I always say. I can find something to be grateful for and find beautiful in my own little slice of the world each and every day. Sometimes I have to remind myself to look for them if I'm having kind of a poopy day, but I still find them. They're all around us. Yes, they are. They are all around us. So I want you to discuss your books. I'm trying to keep it all in too, hold it together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sitting here like, oh, I swear. <laughs> Listen, like I've, I've, I've successfully made it through everything you can think of. And then preschool came. <laughs> and I've been sick since September, man. Oh. <laughs> I on and off like, I'm like, oh my goodness. I went, oh, oh. I was like, yay, we made it. We made it. Boom. <laughs> I was sick again. It's cool though. Um, I just a little, I'll be a little nasally this week. I want you to talk about your book and I want you to um, share a little bit about it, what motivated you to write and what it's about and um, where we can all get it. My most recent, uh, and I have I have numerous books out there, and they're all on Amazon. So you can go literally right to Amazon to my author page, which is just my name, Kim Langling, and it'll bring my author page up. So you can see all the stuff that's out there. Um, but my most recent that was released last November, so just a few months ago, is called When Hope Found Me, and you know that's part of the theme that's been going through my head. And I reached out to a few people, and it's an anthology. So I reached out to a few people and said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm putting this book together and I would love to you, love for you to participate as a co-author if you would like to share your story of hope. They all said yes. <laughs> and uh, I was very blessed and thankful for that. And I have my, I, you know, I, I share my own stories in there and little tidbits here and there, you know, tossed in and out throughout the book. But that was just released in November and it's touched lives in, in ways that I, you don't anticipate. You know, it, I'll get an email like through my website, through my contact page on my website saying, hey, I just got a copy of When Hope Found Me. And sometimes it's just simple as thank you for putting this book together. And I'm touched beyond measure. And I'm like, okay. So there's 15 different stories in the book. Now every story is not for everybody, but one story will resonate with each reader. And that's why I love putting anthologies together because they're short reads, 1500 words. You can read them in a few minutes. You can pick them up whenever you want. Just open it up randomly and read a story because you never know. It's like picking up the Bible. You can read the same scripture over and over and over for years. And then one day you pick it up and you read that same scripture and it slams you in a completely different way. So that's how I look at anthologies. I'm not comparing it to a Bible. Please don't think I am. <laughs> but, you know, you pick up, you pick up the end, you know, you pick up and you read a story and you're like, oh, that was a sweet story. Maybe a month later, you pick that book up again and you open it up randomly and you hit that same story and you reread it. And because of whatever's going on in your life, you read it and you're like, wow. And it just hits you a little bit different. That's, I love putting anthologies together and you know, bringing people's stories together. And I've published four anthologies um, in the last, well, since the pandemic began, you know, so in the last three years. The first is a three book series called When Grace Found Me. And that all kind of started the same way. Something happens in life and I start getting these nudges. It's like, you're, you're supposed to, you know, I need you to do this now. And then there I am. I'm not the right person. What do you mean I'm supposed to do? <laughs> But I just keep pushing along, plowing through. But yeah, the most recent is When Hope Found Me. Yeah, and, and the response and the comments that I've gotten from people from all over the country 
are very, they're humbling. They truly are, they're, they're humbling. And I'm so thankful that the stories within the book are touching people in the way that they're meant to be touched, you know, touching their hearts and their souls. Um, I'm working on one right now. It's probably, it's gonna be released in probably two to three months. And it's a little, it's the same, it's along the same vein, it's an anthology but it's called Paw Prints on the Couch. And it's all about how our pets enrich our lives, <laughs> how pets can actually change your, turn your day around. And like I said, I'm a veteran who lives with PTSD. So my dog, he's not a service dog. He's innately turning into one. You know, he can he can pick it up like if I have an anxiety coming or he wakes me up if he knows I'm having a, a nightmare. Those stories, that's the kind of stuff that's, that's in the, the newest book that's gonna be coming out here in a few months. People sharing their stories about their pets and how they've enriched their lives, saved their lives, you know, made their lives better. There's their happy stories, but we all have to say goodbye to pets way too soon. And so some of those stories are in there too, the, you know, that hard goodbye. But it, it, the, whole, the whole thing, every story is just filled with love. Just filled, filled with love. I can't believe how much I cried when I was reading it. <laughs> as each story, As each story came in, um, each story either had me laughing or crying or both within a single story. But I'm, I'm so excited about that one to be coming out in a few months because I put a whole lot of heart into this one. And it's a, it's a little different than all the other anthologies. There's, there's a little more, a little more meat in there and a little more of me and my personal stuff coming in. So it's, it's kind of exciting, actually. I'm really excited about this one, but yeah, that's what I'm doing. When you said that, I looked over because my my fancy studio is actually in my living room. <laughs> and my dog, Peanut, is sitting on the couch right now. Every time I record, he comes and he gets on the couch. And he's really quiet. And he buries his nose like on my couch pillows. <laughs> and he just looks at me like this the whole time. He's your supervisor. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's doing right now. And he tells on the kids. He, he's like, if the kids are doing something wrong, he'll run. Like, if they're like... Like, oh my goodness. Okay, my two years a jumper. So if he's jumping off of stuff after I just like redirected him and asked him not to jump off of something, if he <laughs> jumps off of something, peanut will run. If they cry, peanut will run and come bark at me, come get me and like usher me back down the hallway to the kids. And I always say, cause he's like 10 now. I was like, he acts like they're, those are his kids. Like yeah. he's, <laughs> or if they're doing things and I'm like, hey, you guys, he'll like, he's a, he's a taco terrier. So He's this tiny little guy and he's like, I'm like, oh my gosh, those are my kids. But <laughs> tiny, tiny, but big personality. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. He's, he's a mess. But I, oh, I love him. I've had him since he was 10 weeks and he just turned 10. So he was my little yeah, rescue. Animals are amazing. They, they are amazing. And I, at least my dogs, the ones that I've had over the years, daily, they remind me. A lot of times that's the dog that's saying, redirecting my attention <laughs> from my mood, mm -hmm. you know, be like, Hey, I'm, you know, you're out walking. I, again, like I said, I live in the country, so I have to watch my dog close. So he's not like rolling in something dead or eating deer poop or something like that, <laughs> you know? And so I watch him, but you know, they're always, he's always so excited and so happy to be out there. There's no way for me personally to watch my dog enjoy himself tremendously without that putting a smile on my face. No matter how tired I am or how I feel like I'm dragging, dragging my wagon, as my grandma used to say, is your wagon dragging? 
You wake up sometimes, just feel like you're dragging your wagon. Without fail, the joy in an animal's life and that just watching them enjoy their se- themselves brings a smile to my face. Mm-hmm. Without fail. So here's the big question. I know the audience is waiting for me to ask it. I ask every week. They're probably like, here it goes. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love to ask every single guest, what does selective hearing mean to you? Hmm. you know, first instinct is I only hear what I want to hear. Selective hearing. That's the first thing that pops in my head that I only hear what I want to hear. Um, if I ever find myself doing that, I, I, I check myself. I'm like, Kim, what are they really saying? Watch the body language, listen to the tone. Where are they looking? What are they really saying? Are they trying to be mean or they're just trying to get their point across and they don't have the right words yet? So we have to be very careful, me personally. I have to be very careful when I'm listening to people because when I'm listening, I have to actively hear them, not just hear what I think they're saying, if that makes sense. (laughs) It does. Oh, it does. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to be able to, I want to be one of those people that actually hears someone because I've been in a spot so many times, I'm sure you have, and your viewers and your listeners have, where they're trying to get something across or they're really hurt and they're just trying to get this emotion out and it's not coming out right. And the other person is so quick to tell you how to fix it or what to do. They're not listening to you. They're listening. They hear a word here and there. Then they're thinking... Oh, I can tell them to do this. I could tell them to do that, but they're not listening. They're too busy thinking what they want to say next. Listen. So selective hearing for me in my own self, I don't want it to be a negative. I don't, I don't want it to be a negative. I would love to be able to be the one that points out and hears nothing but positive, but that's not the way the world is. So for my own self in my own little slice of the world, I don't want to be someone who just selectively hears something. I want to truly be able to listen to listen to what someone is saying without me having to put my judgment or my own two cents in before they're done speaking. And we have been dropping little nuggets of hope this entire episode. (laughs) I always say, let's close on something positive. But if you've been listening, this whole episode has been nothing but positive message after positive message. Like I hope that you're feeling amazing when you turn this off. So I'm going to ask you to please share your social media and where people can reach out to you. And everyone, if you need a little nugget of hope, you'll be able to reach Kim at the following. It, the simplest way, folks, is just to go onto my website, which is my name, Kim Langling And I'll spell that K I M L E N G L I N G author.com. There's a contact in there. You can see what I'm doing, what books are out there, what's coming up, uh, where I'm tossing nuggets of hope at next. And, you know, yeah, pop on there. That's the easiest place to see what I'm doing. And, Uh, the connections of all my other social media are on there as well. But this has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You're welcome. Thank you. Like I said, like you, you turned me around without even realizing it. As soon as like I got on and like the video came up and I saw your smile, I was like, (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Because my back was against the wall for a second, but now I'm like, I'm ready. Let's do this. Like, I got it. And that's, that's a big thanks to you. So everyone listening, um, 
All of the information that Kim just gave you will also be in the summary to this episode. So all you have to do is just click the, the, the drop down tag and you will be able to find a direct link to, con- to connect with Kim. Also, you'll be able to find that on my website and on social media. And I like to tag, tag, tag. So in anything that I post, at, you know, um, after this episode, I will also be tagging Miss Kim. So until next week, everybody, I hope you hold on to these little nuggets of hope. This is Selective Hearing.